Well, I want to sow the seed of perspective into the field of our dreams in this final message of the series. Perspective is amazing. It's important. If you've flown in a plane, you know how at times you look down and your perspective from 30,000 feet is so different than when you're on the ground. You've been on a mountain peak, you know that when you're there and you're looking around and down, the, the view from the peak is so different than when you're in the valley. Today I'm going to invite you to the Everest of the biblical Himalayas, believing that it'll shape our perspective because we're going to need the power of this text in order to do what God has called us to do in the future. The text is Romans chapter 8, and I'll begin at verse 31. So if you'll turn there with me, and also you can watch on the screen. We provide these uh, words on the screen, but I never want it to replace you having a copy of the scripture and using it every day in your life. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And that's the question of the, of the morning. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. If God is for us, who can be against us? Notice he's not just for what it is we do in life. He's not just for your calling. He's for you. This is a God who is for us, and we see the God love that can't be disconnected by anything. We would look at this incredible question, if God is for us, who can be against us, as like a proposition. But it is characterized by preposition. If God is for us, 
other passages say that God is with us. When we think about the cross, we're thinking about a God who was in place of us. We deserve to die for our sin. But he took our place, and in place of us, he died so that we might be forgiven, so that we might be transformed, so that we might have a future and a purpose that is significant, even eternal. Here's the bottom line. As you possess the future, this is for all of us, we need to know deep down in our heart that we have a God who's not against us, but for us, with us, cheering us on. The encouragement of the Holy Spirit. The voice of God motivating you to go on and see the field of dreams realized. And so with this question, if God is for us, who can be against us? Paul then takes four other questions to try and challenge it so that we would know. Never can a card be played to trump the truth that God is for us. The whole passage, God is for us, who can be against us, is then directly associated to the divine power of God's love. What does it mean? What are we learning? When you look down at verse 36, Paul has a way of describing us. He says, we like sheep. We're like sheep, not who are going to be sheared, but slaughtered. It's interesting, isn't it, that in the Bible we get likened to sheep, and they're not like the brightest animal on the planet. And God did not use sheep to describe us, to insult us. But he wanted us to see that left to ourselves, we're helpless. That the demand of life and the dreams of life go beyond our natural ability. Even the highest levels of education, a God-sized idea and dream will challenge you beyond so that it requires faith and the empowerment of divine love. So we are likened to sheep. And he says, we're like sheep being led to the slaughter. We are helpless, sunk if the future depends on us. So when you get to verse 37 of the passage, all of the commentators say you have now, if the Bible was art, we are about to read what would be the supreme wonder of the world. And here it is. With all of these things against us, the Word of God says, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. Now, we've just been likened to sheep. Sheep who are being led to the slaughter, showing us that we're helpless. And now we, who are sheep, are taught that we're more than conquerors. That we can't be beat. That we can't lose. So what is the power for that kind of transformation and future? Here it is. Because of the one who loves us, love defined as a God who is for us and will never leave us and not the powers of hell, the things above us, beneath us, or beside us can separate us from the power of this love. Here's what Jeremiah said. 
that God loves us with an everlasting love. This word everlasting is translated by Moffat as a love that loves us all the way through. Get a hold of this in your heart. It'll bless you. A God who loves us all the way through. And so what does that mean? It means he loves you thoroughly. He loves all of you. It's just like a loving parent. Even if your kids disappoint you, you don't dislove them. You don't diss them. You may be heartbroken, but you love them. And there's nothing that will ever change that. Now take it up, multiply it exponentially. And we haven't gotten close to the depth and the power of God's love. And Jeremiah prophesying, saying to us, hey, God will love you all the way through thoroughly. The good and the bad, the upside and the down, the bright side and the dark side. God loves us all the way through, and nothing can separate us from that love. Here's the other meaning. He loves us all the way through. Through and linear. Through meaning whatever circumstance you're in, he's going to love you all the way through it. Isn't that awesome? Think of your past. How many of you can say God has brought me through some things? Because he loves us all the way through. He loves who we are, all that we are. And he loves us through the challenges of life. Now we're starting to understand this God who is for us as defined by a love that can't be disconnected, separated, tainted, or diminished. So what does that do at the, the point where at the field of our dreams? Here's the perspective. You get this confidence. Here's what Paul said. I am convinced. When you are convinced of God being with you. When you are persuaded that God is with you. I mean, you know it. It is then that you'll take the risk that your dreams will require. No great dreams are void of risk. And the encouragement and the confidence to risk is a perspective shaped by a God who's for us, who loves us, who is with us. I can remember graduating college. And I had a unique, challenging opportunity come my way to become a lead pastor. I was just 23. And to become a lead pastor at my home church. I'm going to pastor the people that kept me in the nursery that were my leaders in children's church and Sunday school and youth. And I'm going to pastor some of my peers who still live there. The elders that I so respected. It would be a series of firsts. I had preached my way through my senior year at different churches that would open a door for me to come and speak, but it would be on occasion. I had about six sermons, and I just preached them over and over and over again. And one of the first in this lead pastor assignment was to preach three different sermons every week. 
Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. It was a daunting challenge. It, it was way beyond me. I never led board meetings or church fights. I mean church business meetings. Uh, I, had never, I, I had never conducted baby dedications, weddings, water baptisms, or funerals. Because of some challenges with some of my first water baptisms, it increased some of the funerals that I had to do. If I'm standing in front of you, I literally almost killed the first man that I ever baptized. He came up out of the water, not praising God. Honest to God, he came up and he goes, ouch! Because I, I dropped him on the stairwell. Boom! His mouth opened. He took in the water. He almost drowned. I, I let him go, and he's sinking because he let out all of his air, and he's sinking, and, and so I had to go in after him. We both came up like free willy. I'm looking at the usher. Could you please, God, shut this curtain? But no, he left the curtain open so everybody could see the drama, and the guy goes, ouch! And I go, praise the Lord for this new convert. I literally almost killed that guy. I did. His name is Joe Matthews. When we get to heaven, I think he'll request a mansion a long way from mine. <laughs> a series of firsts. Series of firsts. And, and when you go into your field of dreams, you're going to have to risk. This is for all of us because we're always poised for the next season. And it's going to require faith. And where does the faith come from to do what you really don't feel experienced to do or educated to do or smart enough to do, you're going to have to have an inner constitution that is designed by a God who is for you. And it puts a confidence, a convincing, a persuasion in you that it's not who you are, it's the God who is in you that will empower you to do far greater than you could ever do yourself. So you move into your field of dreams. So exciting to think about how the Lord empowers us with a perspective where we're competent to take a risk, a step of faith. Here's another incredible aspect of this. None of us bat a thousand. And in the journey of experiencing our dreams, we're going to have to risk and recover. When I took those steps of faith and the risk to do what was very uncertain to me, there were a lot of things that I didn't do as effectively as I could if I could turn the clock back. How many of you know if we knew then what we know now? But we didn't, because that's the way life is. And so this is where this next strong, important piece comes in. And that is that sense to bounce back. The trapeze artists, when they go from where they are to where they want to be and they make the transition, sometimes it will not, it will dysfunction and they fall. But because they know the net is beneath them and the springs will load that holds the net and it's just going to to propel them right back where they need to be, they even turn falling into an art form. When you know God is for you, 
When you know the power of grace and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that never walks out, that never leaves you, even when you don't do things as effectively as you should have or could have, there's a buoyancy to the grace and power of God. There's a buoyancy to the love of God that propels you. It's like the springs of grace load and the trampoline of grace beneath you then propels you right back into the field of your dreams. See, when you know God's for you, you risk. And you know if you risk, you may fail. But that's not final. Because this God who is for you not only empowers the risk, he empowers the recovery. The recovery. When you go over this list of dream crushers that Paul gives us, things that are above us, verse 39 says, things that are beneath us, he says height and depth. He talks about Demons and supernatural forces that are set against us. He talks about hardship, and I'm talking about real hardship that challenges your spirit and your thinking and your emotional well-being. One of the first counseling appointments I had as a 23-year-old pastor was a dear lady who came in and she said, I'm very upset, I, I'm deeply offended because there's a lady in this church and she took my Tupperware bowls home at the last potluck and hasn't given them back and I'm considering leaving the church. You know, that was real to that lady, but I just want to tell you, after 20 years of, of pastoring, that's not true hardship, okay? It, it's like it's real, but, but we, we need to... Ca I'm talking about... Hardship. Paul, when he says hardship in Romans 8, he's not talking about Tupperware. <laughs> Everybody who said amen, you've been going to church for a long time, and you know, you know how the sheep can uh, be. So it, it's interesting. I'm talking about the kind of things where your heart is breaking for people. You can't sleep at night. In all of the scenarios that you can work out, none of them are good. Hardship where you're trying to build a new building as we were and you have 21 different lawsuits and you've done nothing wrong. It was your general contractor. And you wonder. That's hardship. And I can remember, and I want to say this to all of you graduates, I can remember, as I'm standing in front of you, just having those moments where God would remind me that he had built far bigger churches than the one we were building. He had dealt with many more and greater challenges than what we were facing. And that the same God who had taken care of all of those things could certainly take care of what we were dealing with. And like Goliath in David's path, I watched God bring down those giants one right after the other. And the motivation in my life was the empowerment of a God who said, I'm with you. I'm for you. And I'm out in front and it's going to be okay. So you just go ahead and possess your future with a lot of faith and at times recovery.
There are dream crushers out there. But God says, not one of them. Even those that are supernatural, even the powers of hell can't separate you from the love of God. Won't change the fact that God's love is on your side. Mm. I gained a, a perspective on this recovery when Bubba Watson was in the playoff going after the coveted green jacket at the Masters Golf Tournament. Let me remind you that Watson was so deep in the woods because of his tee shot late on Sunday afternoon that he couldn't even see the green. He couldn't see where he was going. And graduates, there are a lot of times where you just can't see where you're going. With his golf ball nestled on a bed of pine needles, he hit a gap wedge that shot out toward the fairway, and then it turned, it hooked. It's just like... If someone was driving a car, they made a right turn. He hooked it. He turned that golf ball some 40 yards. Not just back to the fairway, but it hits the fairway and rolls up on the elevated green, just 10 feet from the hole, positioning him for an easy par and the master's victory. And then he goes into Butler's cabin. And Jim Nance says, did you dream that this day would come? And here's what Bubba Watson said, and I thought it was classic. He said, I've never had a dream go this far. Now let me talk about that for a moment. Along the way in life, it is, by Scripture, filled with tribulation and trouble. Jesus said, don't lose heart. Matter of fact, take heart because I've overcome the world. But in it you will have trouble. Bubba Watson was in trouble. In this world, you, we will have trouble. But take heart. Jesus says, I've overcome the world and I'm for you. I'm on your side. Which means you not only have the empowerment for risk, but the empowerment for recovery. See, in your heart, you will make some decisions that will allow you to recover, which will get you back on course with your dream. You will make some decisions because the spirit of reconciliation is in you that will reconcile you from where you are back to where you need to be. Anyone watching that tournament would have thought being on the fairway would be incredible, maybe miraculous. To be on the green... Ten feet from the hole, unbelievable. But you see, when you just set your heart to bounce back, to recover, there's empowerment that's beyond your ability that gets involved. And you end up not just recovering, but realizing your dream. But here's the way it happens. When you get there, like Bubba Watson, you, you realize that the dream has gone much farther than you ever imagined. Because see, in following Jesus, we're following the one who says you can do exceedingly, abundantly above anything you could ask or imagine because of the power of God that is at work in 
us. So in this life, you never just have to recover to get back on course. You can reconcile to the achievement of your God-given dream. We should praise the Lord for that. That's powerful. I don't just cope. Restoration is not just, I'm out of trouble. Restoration, reconciliation, recovery by a God who's for us and divine love empowering us is the realization of dreams. And not just dreams, but dreams that go way farther than we ever dreamed. Thank God for that. See, one day, you and I will walk into that heavenly butler's cabin and we will get the coveted crown of life. And we will hear the words, well done. And nobody will be there unless they were willing to take steps of faith, risk, Willing to recover when they mess it up. When they could have done better. When they should have done better. But they're willing to pull out of their heart decisions that restore and reconcile. Those are the people that will receive the crown of life. Not perfect people. People filled with passion. And people filled with faith that God is for us. He's on our side. Any of you that are parents, when your kids mess up, you don't write them off. You encourage them to learn from it. To recover. But you're for them. You're on their side. You are their greatest cheerleader. I I want you to have that vision of God. God is for you. God made you. God designed you. And God is cheering you on. You can do it, he says. And the inspiration, the motivation, the power is a love that never leaves. And it's a love stronger than anything else that this world or the devil can throw at us. Here's what Bubba Watson said in the interview. He said, I got into the trees... And I hit a crazy shot, and listen to these words, that I saw in my head. I love that. He couldn't see his destination because he was off course. But he knew there was the potential of a recovery shot, and because he had the vision of recovery, of getting back where he needed to be, he then acted on that thought. But he amazed himself because the result was the green jacket. I wish I had all afternoon to let those of us who are in different seasons farther than you just to come up here and tell you stories Where we really thought maybe it's not going to work out. And maybe our story would conclude right there in that place of trouble. But we're here today testifying of a story that continued. 
And all we had was a hope. And in our mind, we thought, if we step out by the love and the grace and the power of God, there is the possibility of God working because God has a pattern of showing up when his people are in trouble. And he parts Red Seas and he brings down Jericho walls and he quenches the fire and he keeps the waters from overtaking and he brings down the giants. He makes a crooked path straight. Our God has a track record of showing up for the people that he is for. God is for you. Hallelujah. I'm standing here today. I praise God for education. Some of the influencers in my life that I'm indebted to that have sown seed of, of lessons and wisdom. Godly people that have journeyed with me and supported me. And I can tell you that I, I'm a lot farther along than I ever dreamed. My dream didn't go this far. And I'm not here because of perfection. I'm here because of divine love. Divine love that motivated steps of faith. Divine love that encouraged recovery decisions. And divine love that keeps allowing testimony to build. And I'm not finished. And what you'll find, you live in a culture that is like filled with mediocrity. It is set up of entitlement. And it makes people lazy and selfish. There's a spirit of the age that would love to cap your ability and put all kind of restraints and limits and kind of take a uh, this 11 by 17 vision and put it in a little 5 by 7 frame. It'll always seek to reduce you and limit you and restrict you. And what we need of you right now is just to explode in your dreams and start taking those steps of faith and watch what God will do. And when you get to be a decade down the road, you will not be beat up and done. You will be fired up and dreaming bigger than you've ever dreamed. See, this word challenged me because I had to ask myself, am I still dreaming big? It's not a field of mediocrity that defines the future. It's a field of dreams. And I've been motivated all over again. The creator of the world resides in you by the presence of the Holy Spirit. The greatest, most life-changing, world-influencing ideas can be birthed in your heart. And you can be that catalyst for influencing change. May you know the God who is with you, who loves you through 
and through. All who you are, all that you are, and through every challenge and season. I would say this, and I think every person who's a little farther down the road will echo with a strong amen. I'm 46. And God is faithful at every season. And God is faithful at every level. And I could tell you story after story of wondering if that was true, but living to realize in my own discovery, God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. And so just experience the freedom of knowing he's on your side. And nothing can separate you from his love. So you're free to express faith. You're free to bounce back when you mess it up. You're free to be who God made you to be. You're free to dream so big and go farther than you could ever dream. And one day, you will receive the victor's crown, the crown of life. And hear God say, well done. Let's praise the Lord for the power of his love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, I want to pray for these graduates. Lord, I pray by the power of your divine love that you will inspire the hearts and the minds of these young people who are at these places of transition. They go to a new level in their faith, motivation, and servanthood. They'd go to a new level in their dreaming. And they would realize you're the dream builder. May they be inspired leaders. Realizing that they're part of an inspired kingdom that's eternal. May they not live to just realize the American dream which says we do all that we do to make much of ourselves. May they live to fulfill the gospel dream which is to make much of you. Place walls on their left and their right and behind them. So that the way that is before them is crystal clear. And all of the voices that will bid for their attention. May your voice be stronger, louder. And the leader and shaper of their life. May they hear what the Spirit is saying to them. And may they build their dream from sound up. As they hear what you are saying... They will see what they are to do. Holy Spirit, build their faith and expand their heart on the depth of grace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.